Thank you for tuning in to this special elections edition of Milledgeville Matters. In the past weeks, we've been focusing on elections featured in the May 22nd general primary. And we'll continue that trend tonight by giving you a front row seat at a community forum on the upcoming transportation special purpose local option sales tax referendum. During this next half hour, you'll hear presentations from Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar, Milledgeville City Planner Hank Griffith, and a question and answer session featuring various local city and county officials. This forum was hosted by the Milledgeville Baldwin County Chamber of Commerce on Wednesday, May 9th at the Central Georgia Technical College campus just outside of downtown Milledgeville. We'll begin our program with a presentation from Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. In 2010, the Transportation Investment Act was passed, and three regions, uh, I believe in 2012, voted for their T-SPLOS, uh, River Valley, Heart of Georgia, Altamaha, and Central Savannah River area. And um, those results there, those are customer satisfaction surveys. Uh, these citizens have been able to see the benefit of the tax in their communities, and you can see they're very, very happy. In 2014, 91% of the respondents said that they were uh, satisfied with the performance of the Transportation Investment Act in their regions. And in 2016, that number went up to 95%. Uh, the other two bar graphs there are for level of customer service and the response of the local officials. <coughs> this is how much money has been generated in those three regions. But you can see uh, the numbers there. Uh, CSRA, their total collections have been $329 million. River Valley, $230 million. And the heart of uh, Georgia, Altamaha, $146 million. The numbers that we really want to highlight, they have the approved investment list. Those are the big, big projects in their regions. But look at the local discretionary money. Those are uh, dollars that are used for resurfacing roads, improving sidewalks, improving safety to, uh, at schools. Uh, so those are the revenues collected by the region. And these are the types of projects that you'll see in those regions if you drive there. Uh, you'll see that they have purchased construction and maintenance equipment. Uh, that's important because a lot of uh, communities, they do what they call in-kind labor, or they have their own road department, do a lot of the, the earthwork. Uh, in advance of the construction company coming and resurfacing the roads. Uh, the equipment required to resurface roads is extremely expensive, uh, but uh, the equipment required to do some earth moving and, and do uh, earthwork, do pipe extensions, culvert extensions, things like that, uh, it's much more affordable and your staff usually can do that type of work. In Appling County, they put in a center turn lane for a school entrance, resurfacing in Harris County, school uh, zones beacons in the city of Dublin and sidewalk extensions in the city of Dublin as well. And uh, this is called the Middle Georgia Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax or Middle Georgia T-SPLOST or just T-SPLOST. And uh, the regional round table was comprised of all those individuals there. And at the time, Chairman Sammy Hall was uh, uh, the representative for Baldwin County and then Mayor Gary Thrower, uh, but I know Frank Bow has been intimately involved with preparing this list. In Baldwin County, we have 433 roads in the unincorporated area, and 
we average about seven miles of resurfacing per year. At that rate, every road in the uh, county will be resurfaced every 62 years. A lot can happen in 62 years, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So we average this, uh, uh, this decade about $500,000 per year uh, just in the local maintenance improvement grant receipts. And that's a grant that uh, we receive from the Georgia Department of Transportation. You pay that tax at the gas pump every time you fill up here in Baldwin County. That money comes back to uh, us and the city of Millersville as well. Now, if uh, you remember, I highlighted the 25% uh, local discretionary funds. That's very important for our community. This is the money uh, that can be added to that local maintenance improvement grant to resurface additional roads or do other types of uh, road improvements. But in our county, I know that's going to be our emphasis is resurfacing our roads. All right, so in Baldwin County, that extra $1 million per year, that $10 million is over a 10-year period. In Baldwin County, we could resurface 14 more miles per year. So every road could be resurfaced every 20 years instead of every 62 years. And then the Baldwin County match for state projects is reduced from 30% to 10%. And that, that's very important. And let me park here just for a second. A lot can happen if you don't resurface a road for every 62 years, okay? I saw that happen in Grady County. Uh, we inherited a road from the Georgia Department of Transportation, and it's costing us $6.1 million, not to just resurface the road, but to reconstruct it, 14.6 miles. And the road is so bad, people have stopped driving on it. Uh, the, all the asphalt's falling apart, the base is, is terrible. We have uh, 28 water crossings, so it needs pipe extensions, covered extensions. It's costing over $400,000 a mile. $400,000 a mile. That's what happens when you don't maintain your roads, is you get to the point where you have to reconstruct the road. And I remember back February 10th, not like I remember the day February 10th, 1997, my first day on the job at the city of Lodi. My boss, who was the public works director, one of the premier civil engineers in California, first thing he told me is never let a road get to the point where it has to be reconstructed or it gets too expensive. So that's the other thing that we're trying to prevent here is try to prevent a lot of reconstruction. Uh, for that project in Grady County, uh, we received $4.1 million from the state. Now, we didn't have a T-SPLOS, so my match was 30%. I had to come up with $880,000 in local funds to match that grant. And here in, in our county and in our city, if uh, we're fortunate enough to have uh, uh, the T-SPLOS passed, uh, our, it's going to be able to stretch our dollars even further. We'll be able to get the state to help us with additional state funds if we go and ask for a project to be programmed in the statewide transportation improvement program list or GTIP grants or, or some of the types of grants that could be available for us. The local discretionary funding, we talked about how important it is uh, to be used for road resurfacing. However, you could use it for new bridges, signage, and safety improvements. And nearly 40% of the sales tax 
will be generated by out-of-county shoppers and diners. You got a lot of restaurants here, uh, so you got a lot of people coming in to eat, uh, lunch and dinner. Plus, you have a mall, a lot of shopping going on, so a lot of uh, out-of-town folks will will pay for that tax. Now, 75% of the funds will go towards the big projects, and a lot of this will go towards helping reduce congestion and improve economic development in the region. In Baldwin County, in the unincorporated area, you will see improvements on Kings Road and Log Cabin Road. Those are very, very expensive projects. A total of 17680000 in the unincorporated area. So Kings Road will be uh, widened, and then uh, it resurfaced from uh, those, those project limits there, from Highway 24 to, well, all the way around, from one end of 24 to the other. Uh, the length is 5.27 miles, and it'll go from 24 feet to 28 feet. The next one is Log Cabin Road. It's a total of three miles. It'll go from 26 feet to 54 feet. So it'll go from two to four lanes. And then it'll be overlaid that entire distance there. Okay. So I will pass it on to, to Hank. I'll talk to you about the city. That was Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar talking about the county's portion of the next transportation special purpose local option sales tax. That T-SPLOS package is up for a vote on the May 22nd general primary ballot. Of course, early voting is currently ongoing at the Baldwin County Courthouse. For more information about early voting, contact the Baldwin County Board of Registrars at 478-445-4526. Up next, Milledgeville City Planner Hank Griffith walks audience members through the city's portion of the Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax Package. We want to share the same information with you about the city of Milledgeville, the incorporated areas of the city of Milledgeville uh, that Carlos did uh, about the unincorporated areas of Baldwin County, just so that you can compare apples to apples and see uh, exactly how the money is going to, uh, to flush out for both uh, government entities in the community. Uh, something I, I didn't put on the slide that I probably should have, based on what Carlos was talking about just then. I asked Frank earlier in the week about was there any way to determine the cost increase in redoing a road or resurfacing a road based on the length of time that it took you each time you resurfaced it. And uh, he gave me a graph, and it's up here. I'd love for you to come up and take a look at it if you want to. But basically what the graph says is that you, you lose about 40% of your quality uh, in a road just in about a five-year lifespan. So if you, look at, if you look at a road being in, in very good condition from the time that you take the measurement and you extrapolate that condition out towards a 30-year time span, uh, in between the 20 and the 25-year time, you lose about 80% of the quality uh, on your road. And uh, if you go from the 25 to 30%, you lose the other 20% of the quality, and you have to do what Carlos is talking about. You have to go in and completely rebuild that road. So that's the reason being able to resurface these streets and roads as early as possible is so important. Basically, if you, if you start at about year 18 and go to year 25, 
the increased cost to resurface that road, if it costs you a dollar to resurface a certain section of road at year 18, when you go to year 25, it would cost you $5 to resection that same amount of road. And of course, obviously we're resurfacing roads. You need to add a bunch of commas and a bunch of zeros to that dollar and that five for you to know what's going on. But that's the reason this, this discretionary piece of the T-SPLOS is really, really important. People tend to, to focus on the big projects, but the discretionary piece is huge. So here in the city of Milledgeville, we have approximately 100 miles of roads in the city of Milledgeville uh, based on centerline uh, measurements. And with the current rate of LMIG funding that the city of Milledgeville gets, we can resurface about 1.1 miles of road per year. So if you do the math on that, you see that the number of years it takes, it would take to resurface all 100 miles of city streets in the city of Milledgeville uh, with the current LMIG receipts, it would be about 91 years. Uh, so <laughs> so you, you uh, obviously, if we're talking about roads having to be re rebuilt after 25 or 30 years, uh, you're going to find yourself rebuilding a lot of roads over a 91-year period. Currently, the city of Milledgeville gets uh, approximately $153,000 per year in LMIG money from the Georgia Department of Transportation. That has been the average over the last uh, five, or, five or six years. It has increased a little bit in the last couple of years because, like the county, the city had to take over some state routes that were turned over to the local governments after completion of the Fall Line Freeway. But I can assure you it hasn't increased an appreciable enough amount of what it cost to take care of those roads that we were, we were handed when the Fall Line Freeway was complete. Under the 10 years of the T-SPLICE, Milledgeville has the potential to get about $3.7 million in local discretionary money. Compare that to the little over $10 million that Carlos showed you that the county would get. This is the same figure that we're talking about for the city. Uh, so you can see that uh, in a 10-year period, that local discretionary money goes up exponentially. And the potential, Frank, Tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't think I am. The potential for the LMIG, current LMIG funding still exists too. So you would get this in addition to the current LMIG funding. So uh, you add $150,000 over a 10-year period to this, then uh, you're beginning to look at some pretty decent money to, to keep your road system where it needs to be. City of Millersville could resurface approximately three more miles of roads per year. Um, if the discretionary money that comes with the T-SPLOS is available. Instead of resurfacing every mile of road in the city every 91 years, the city would be able to resurface it every 26 years. Uh, so that's obviously a, a huge difference. You're getting into that 25 to 30 year time period uh, that I was talking about when I first stood up talking about quality of roads. So that, 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 that time year period is extremely important. Uh, just like the county, this is actually part of T-SPLOS. The city of Milledgeville match for state projects would go from 30% to 10%, which is huge when you're talking about the size projects that you have when you're, when you're dealing with road resurfacing. And then the local discretionary funding, just like for the county, could be used for other transportation projects such as new bridges, signage, safety improvements. I don't want to speak for council, but I would be real surprised if, if T-SPLOS passes if they don't look at 100% of that discretionary money being used for resurfacing and, and, and maintaining the roads on the surface. The city ended up with two projects in the 75% figure 
based on what the regional roundtable looked at, and that would be some widening and safety improvements on North Jefferson Street and um, widening and safety enhancements and resurfacing on Dunlap. Jefferson Street piece would widen the existing two lanes to four lanes and widening the bridge at Tobler Creek. This, this would occur about where Dunlap comes into Jefferson Street uh, and carry the widening on to Log Cabin uh, Road from that point. Uh, cost of that is uh, about 6.9 million. It would be 2.41 miles. And the width currently is 25 feet and it would be widened to 54 feet. The other project uh, for the city of Millersville would be the widening and resurfacing of Dunlap Road. We would widen the existing two lane road to three lanes to provide a center turning lane. Also the possibility of trying to make some changes to the Dunlap Road, Jefferson Street intersection, trying to make it a, a little more straight of an intersection, depending on the potential for acquiring right of way and that kind of thing may be a possibility as there well. But that widening uh, of Dunlap would go all the way from Columbia Street to North Jefferson. And as, as we all know, that that's a heavily traveled uh, road uh, day in and day out in the city of Milledgeville. So the opportunity to have that turn lane there and maybe being able to make some improvements to that intersection um, would be huge. I think the county and the city are in agreement with the fact that this T-SPLOS could give us the opportunity to kind of change our direction in terms of, of how we maintain our roads and our community. And uh, not only give us opportunity to complete these large projects, uh, but also give us opportunity to, uh, to resurface our roads more often. So with that said, um, we will entertain questions uh, from the group. That was Milledgeville City Planner Hank Griffith talking about the projects the City of Milledgeville put forth for the 2018 T-SPLOST. The T-SPLOST is up for a vote on the May 22nd general primary ballot. You can take advantage of early voting, which is currently underway during regular business hours at the Baldwin County Courthouse. Now we'll conclude tonight's program with segments of the forum's question and answer session. We'll begin with yours truly asking a question about pedestrian safety features planned for road projects in the city of Milledgeville. During the course of this Q&A, you'll also hear from city officials Hank Griffith, Public Works Director Frank Baugh, members of the Baldwin County Commission Henry Craig and Sammy Hall. So stay tuned, we've got more from this Transportation Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax Community Forum, recorded live on Wednesday, May 9th. Hank, I'm just curious with the uh, city project for Dunlap, um, when you'll talk about doing safety improvements, would there be any consideration of putting sidewalks on Dunlap? It's a heavily, oh, it's not heavily used, but it is a pedestrian corridor, people trying to get out there to the mall and the other shopping on there. That is, that is not part of this particular uh, project, uh, depending on what other type of discretionary money might be available to the city at that point in time, or maybe some potential grants um, that may be looked at. But that is, that is not figured into the cost of the widening project. And, uh, just to follow up, how does the city's complete streets ordinance interface with these projects that you'll put up towards slots? Like where does that consideration of the multimodal transportation come in? Um, the complete streets ordinance re really is more utilized in terms of looking at the changes of streets in, in the downtown area. 
but obviously, as, as these improvements are made, uh, this complete streets ordinance would be looked at in terms of trying to make sure that uh, the streets were pedestrian friendly and maybe even bicycle friendly, possibly getting in some additional width of the lanes to have some bicycle trails uh, uh, marked on the streets. But that complete street, <coughs> complete street ordinance would certainly be considered as, um, as the scope of work for the project was finalized. Yeah, I think the state actually state has a complete streets program also. <coughs> so any any new capital improvement along these lines, they, they would look at they are obliged to look at uh, to the extent they can accommodate pedestrian amenities and bike amenities. That those will be obviously when you get in the design phase, those will be taken into consideration. So that it is possible to accommodate that within the scope and the, and the budget, then that, that would be uh, you're obliged to look at that under the policy, the police streets policy. Yeah. And the city does look at that when improvements are made. Uh, an example of that on the bike lanes, they're on 49 now from Central City Park out to the, the bridge, Fish Creek Bridge. Uh, DOT had no plans to put those in when that was resurfaced, and the city uh, sent a letter to DOT and asked them to include those. So uh, those, those were, the potential for those were identified and asked for from a local level. So the complete streets piece is considered a new thing that's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, Daniel more or less already touched on what I want to ask about. I'll just say that I'm really interested in seeing what ends up happening at uh, Dunlap and Jefferson because that could be a really anxiety inducing <laughs> intersection. I'm, I'm glad y'all are talking about it. <laughs> I, I come to it uh, multiple times a day. I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> any other questions? Sorry, sorry, is there any discussion to put a traffic light there? Uh, you want to well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask that. Well, I travel that road. Right? This is That's safety more, that discretionary money question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would require a traffic engineering study to see if, uh, if it meets the signal warrants. Uh, that, and particularly since it's DOT funded, that'd be an absolute prerequisite to signal. And uh, they, I know they do, in some projects they do, uh, I guess they come up with, they may come up with some. Uh, uh, model or algorithm to project maybe additional traffic volume. I know for for example a developer like Walmart they, they, they can they can pretty accurately predict how much traffic uh, volume is going to be a, a, a result or byproduct of that project and they, they actually can warrant a signal on that basis and the developer has to finance across that signal. That's why you have signals at Walmart and these other big box retailers but uh, I don't know if they I think in this case uh, and maybe you may have to wait and do the traffic count, see how, how, the, how the, the actual traffic volume, you know, emerges. And then if it meets the signal warrants, then, uh, then you can kind of uh, consider maybe putting a signal there. But um, it, um, that, that's, that's a high bar. And it usually requires, it's usually considered an absolute last resort by DOT if, if they can, if they can uh, address safety issues by other means. Uh, but, uh, but it doesn't mean that that's out of the question. That, that, could, that could be a possibility. And it could be that the signal warrant might, might push towards the need for a signal more after these improvements on Jefferson Street and Dunlap are made because it's hard to, to, to think about it, but that may become even a more traveled intersection once the road improvements are made. So that may make the signal warrant uh, study more feasible for placement of the lot.
Could we put something in place to keep trucks over six wheels off of them there? Because some days that's an issue. The city is considering, <laughs> council is talking about a potential truck ordinance for a couple of the streets in, in Milledgeville now, and, and Dunlap is one of them. Tommy, I have a question. Yeah, I was curious how then, uh, basically how you decided that uh, log cabin needed to be widened. Uh, was it based on traffic counts? Was that based on uh, safety concerns? Is there any details as to why that decision was made to widen log cabin? Some of all of the above, I think, is probably the answer to that. Uh, the whole concept, first of all, let me go back to the regional teach blocks was try to get projects that would benefit the region. Uh, so that there would be connectivity between cities and counties and that sort of stuff. Well, Baldwin County didn't really have a regional project, anything that would extend to, you know, Jones County or any other county around. So what we looked at then was what could we do to improve the traffic flow in Baldwin County? Uh, and again, like Frank was just saying, we have a limited amount of money. We had a long list, but we had to kind of narrow it down. We also wanted a project that would benefit both the city and the county. And then we all know that we have a huge traffic problem on 441. So we felt like that by widening Log Cabin and Jefferson Street, we could kind of not create a bypass, but create a, a, an additional route to relieve some of that traffic off of 441 and get it uh, to a place where it could go across the river or where it is. That's kind of how we got to that. Uh, DOT uh, made the comment that Log Cabin Road has become the most heavily used uh, county road in the county. And uh, that if you're ever on Log Cabin Road, it, it's easy to imagine that, that it probably is. Now, I can't, I can't help but uh, uh, comment uh, how important this issue is to Baldwin County and Milledgeville. Uh, that, uh, uh, that, that every county around us that has passed uh, t in 2012 has, uh, has received as much as twice as much revenue for their roads as Baldwin County has. And all you have to do is drive to Sparta to see the difference. Sparta, Hancock County has got more than twice as much money for their roads as Baldwin County has. Baldwin County is in a unique position in that, that we are a retail center uh, for the area. So as we decide how we're gonna maintain our roads, as much as 40% of the money that we will receive through T-SPLOS doesn't come from Baldwin County. What a deal, <laughs> what a deal. So we can take advantage of that by, uh, uh, by passing T-SPLOS. The other part of this is, is that you looked at uh, the county saying 62 years to, uh, to resurface roads in Baldwin County. You looked at the city that came up with a, an, another startling number. We're going to have to repave the roads. There's nothing more core to uh, a community's success than its roads. And that we need to realize that, that we are going to repave these roads somehow and that, uh, it, that we can do it by sales tax and we can use 40% of the money that come from outside the county or the property owners will, will, will probably have to be considered as the source for repaving our roads. We can't continue in the direction we're going. This has been very successful to Lawrence County, to Washington County, to Hancock County, just around us. And we should look at their numbers and see how successful they've been 
and uh, realize that this is a great opportunity for Bowen County and the city of Milledgeville to pass this. And, and uh, as few people as there are in this room, hopefully uh, that the people here will go to their families and they'll go to their neighbors and, and say what, a, what a, uh, an issue, uh, that how important this issue is for all of us. We have to do better than we're doing. Thank you. Just comment one other time. Uh, Mr. Tobar showed a graph of the uh, chart of that said that the other regions had gotten seven hundred and something thousand dollars. I don't want to call your attention. That's just up through 2018. They got four more years to collect. So, you know, it's probably going to be around a billion dollars altogether. And I think one other thing that was not mentioned here that we need to mention is because of this plan that, that was developed regionally, DOT's putting in a half a billion dollars to make this project make these projects work. Uh, now that's that's included in all the totals, but they're putting it up a half a billion. And that concludes this presentation of the Milledgeville Baldwin County Chamber of Commerce T-Splost Community Forum. Please remember that the T-Splost referendum is a part of the May 22nd general primary election. Early voting is currently underway at the Baldwin County Courthouse. For voting hours and general questions, contact the Baldwin County Board of Registrars at 478 445 Two, six. Now, I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It has been my pleasure spending this portion of the evening with you here on Milledgeville Matters. And I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.